What makes, I think I'm quoting from something from a Seder, but what makes this peace process unlike any other? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Prime Minister. History never repeats itself, and we, uh, I did not even bother to see whether there are differences. There are always differences by defini definition, and it always ends up with uh, leaders ready to take decision. Uh, I'm a great believer in anything else, but ultimately the, this, the defining uh, question is whether the leaders will be ready. Uh, Abu Mazen, the new uh, Prime Minister, is a serious person. Uh, we all, uh, many here in the uh, place uh, know him. He should be given opportunity, but as I mentioned earlier, it's about delivery, not about statements. The statements are very encouraging, the first one, but the uh, real test will be in the delivery. It was the great uh, gift of uh, Senator Mitchell, uh, the ability to uh, find always a way, the most complicated issues, to lay it on the table in a way that every element is, seems to be tangible, fully identifiable, almost measurable. And uh, I uh, convey the question to him now. Okay. Senator Mitchell, uh, men don't like to ask directions. Why will, they, uh, why will the very zealous men on both sides of this fight in the Mideast follow this roadmap? Of course, not all will. There is no possibility of achieving unanimity on either side in any conflict. The objective must be to uh, attract the support of the vast majority in the middle for whom uh, never-ending violence uh, is not an acceptable alternative and who want to channel the energies on each side to building a better society for the Israelis to provide security, which they don't have, for the Palestinians to achieve a state, an independent, uh, geographically contiguous, and economically viable state, which they don't have. I believe that uh, neither can attain its objective by denying to the other side its objective. I do not believe the Israelis will have genuine, sustainable security until the Palestinians get a state, and I don't think the Palestinians will ever have a state until the Israelis feel and have security. Hamas? Hezbollah, Jihad, all the groups that stand against any kind of a peace arrangement, any kind of a two-state solution. How do you take control of events from them and stop them from using terrorism as a way of destroying the parallelism which is at the heart of the roadmap? Let, let, let me tell you, from my experience in the last 10 years, you know, I watched Arafat for 20 years through the sites and then some 10 years around the negotiating table and through the struggle against terror. First, my, I have three observations that has to do, in a way, with the roadmap itself. Number one, as long as Mr. Arafat, with all due respect, will retain any drop of exec executive power, there will be no peace. He will find a way to torpedo it. For him, if those two, three gentlemen will succeed now in what he failed. Who's calling the shots, Mazin or him? Uh, for the time being, it's quite honestly, uh, still Arafat. But it will develop along the way when it becomes clear that the world community is ready to support Abu Mazen, is not ready to support Arafat. But I tell you as an external, kind of to the extent I can detach myself, with this guy, there will be no peace. He will find this or that, you know, both Orwellian doublespeak as well as Tricero's behavior will continue. But the, young, the other ones, they have an opportunity, it should be given an opportunity. Number two, 
as long as the, uh, there is no readiness to follow on Abu Mazen's statement that the monopoly on the use of weapons is the first attribute of any legitimate rule, as long as it is not translated into action, even gradually, and we will know to identify a coherent, determined action to execute this. If he is doing it, he deserves Israel being ready to close its eye on a single uh, terrorist attack in order not to give uh, the opportunity to any extremist right. to, to destroy it. But if they are not, there will be no peace. And what? the third element, which is very important, just let me add it. If the Palestinians will not be ready to recognize Israel as a Jewish state, not just as a matter of fact, and realize that the right of return could be implemented into the Palestinian state, but not into Israel, there will be uh, That's no what peace. killed Taba. Yeah, that would kill basically Kim David. Let me ask you, Senator, you've been through this so many times, and you know that there, there is goodwill. Certainly two-thirds of the Israeli people want to see a very difficult decision made in terms of the settlements, withdrawing the settlements from the outer reaches, and accepting the, the, the second state, the Palestinian state. But of course, it's not a majority decision when it comes to terrorism. All it takes is a few people in a dark room with explosives to kill 20 people at a bus stop or a pizza parlor. I was there last year. And, uh, and headlines for days and anger boils up, and then the peacemakers are weakened. How do we stop, how does the peacemakers stop that from happening again and again and again this year? You cannot prevent it entirely. Uh, throughout the Northern Ireland peace negotiations, there were repeated acts of violence. There were bombings, assassinations, but I announced on the first day of the negotiations that we would not be deterred uh, by acts of violence and that we would pursue it to the end, and as a consequence, uh, while they did continue, once the agreement was reached, they've been significantly reduced. In the year 2002, just ended, a total of six people were killed in sectarian violence in Northern Ireland. That's uh, six too many, but uh, far fewer than the hundreds more. And in the Middle East, our commission recommended that the Palestinian Authority had to make a 100% effort to crack down on terrorist action. Now, that language was recommended to us by the government of Israel. And their leaders told us, we know they don't have complete control, but what they must do is make the maximum effort to exercise the authority that they do have. Implicit in that is the recognition that they cannot completely eliminate violence over an extended period of time. And the most important thing for Abu Mazen, in my judgment, is twofold. First a genuine 100% effort to crack down on violence, but to make certain that that is not all that happens, because it will be fatal for his leadership if he is perceived to be the enforcer of the Israeli occupation from the Palestinian perspective. It has to be followed immediately. There have to be a series of steps, both sides. There has to be a political context in which that occurs. The way the Irish Free State was created in the 1920s was a very simple statement. The British said, if you want home rule, you've got to enforce the peace, or the British government's coming back in. So Michael Collins went out there and, and went to war with the IRA. Can you imagine a Palestinian government going to war with the, with the terrorists, can, going to all-out war and I kill can, those guys? I can clearly imagine it. When I was a, a young foreign minister under uh, Shimon Peres as a prime minister, I was sent to Euro-Mediterranean gathering in Barcelona. I met Arafat for the first time in my life in four eyes. I told him, you have to crash on Hamas and Islamic Jihad. 
Look what uh, Assad was ready to, to uh, uh, level a quarter of the city of Alhama, killing thousands of people to make sure that he's the only one that holds weapons. Look what um, Mubarak was ready to. He told me, you know, I consider taming them into politics. I told him it's a clever idea, but even if you tame them into politics, they will never give up the uh, armed cells, since they need it not just against us, they need it as a leverage against you. I believe that no way, if there will be no moment of truth where Palestinians will be ready to use force against the Palestinians to put an end to it, there will be no peace. But I can add something that yeah, we... I'm sorry, to make that clear. We, you say no Palestinian government will have the willpower to crack down and kill no, the terrorists. No, I, I say that they will have, at the, ultimately, when they realize that they leading themselves into disaster if they don't. And if you look at the history, if only any emerging a, a legitimate rule, including even Israel, with all due difference. Ben-Gurion was ready to order during War of Independence, uh, young uh, soldiers, among of them Prime Minister, later Prime Minister Rabin, to open fire on Jews that tried to bring uh, weapons to save Jerusalem during the war in order to make sure that only the legitimate authority uh, has the right to hold weapons. But let me add something that we can do in order to reduce dramatically violence. We could set a fence, a fence, not a fence around Israel and the main settlement blocks and Gaza Strip to uh, avoid, to reduce dramatically uh, the access of terrorists into Israel. In fact, we have it already around the Gaza Strip. Million Palestinians, the headquarters of Hamas, Islamic Jihad, all along these two and a half years, there was not a single suicide attack inside Israel coming from the Gaza Strip. The reason? There is a, a fence, a very primitive one. And the terrorists do not know how to cross the fence. And this should be part of the uh, solution. Technical, but effective. Do you buy that, Senator? A fence would work? A divorce? A physical It's divorce? not a panacea, but it's, uh, it will yeah. work. I don't believe that over the long term, walls work. Uh, I think that people find a way over. Uh, over, under, around them. Uh, How about it's a short-term solution to a uh, very it, angry it, situation? It may be a step in that in the direction, but the Berlin Wall came down. My fervent hope is that the so-called peace line in Northern Ireland will come down and that ultimately there will be two states oh. now. There will be a period of time during which there won't be uh, good relations. Uh, look at, you mentioned Ireland and Britain. Ireland gained its independence in 1922, and for a period of uh, more than 60 years, relations were very hostile between them. The creation of the European Union led them to work together, and they're now cooperating in the North. But it takes a long time to change what's in people's let, hearts let, and minds. Let, let me point to a difference. You know, the, the, of course, defense does not uh, pretend to be a, a political solution, but there is a difference here. In Germany, the world cuts within the same nation. They are, they are cousins, literal cousins, they are brothers, they wanted to reunite. It's a, it's a circumstance they avoided. Even in Korea, it cuts uh, between the same nation. Here, there is a compelling imperative to disengage, to set a border between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean. Mediterranean then there live 10 million people, 3.5 million Palestinians, 6.5 million Israelis. If there is no disengagement, political as well as physical, Israel, if, if there is only one political unit named Israel in this area, it will inevitably become either non-Jewish or non-democratic. If the Palestinians can vote, 
It's a binational state. If they cannot vote, it's an apartheid state. Neither is the Zionist dream. So we have compelling imperative from our own reasons to set a border, to live in peace with the neighbors, hopefully uh, uh, peacefully, but to set a border within which there will be a secured Jewish majority for generations to come to protect our identity and future. Let me ask you about optimism here. Um, I believe Matt and Sharansky uh, believes that uh, the issue is not so much the particular geographic border, but the kind of government on the other side of it. And this was explained to me secondhand, but let me try it by both of you. No one cares who owns Alsace-Lorraine right now between Germany and France. It's not a big issue because you have a very democratic government on the German side of the border. But those issues become very important if you have a scary government on the other side of the border. The border itself becomes all important. If the government on the other side of the border has transparency, true democracy, not a phony democracy, if it is in fact a nonviolent state, a non-aggressive state, it doesn't really matter whether you have different arrangements around Jerusalem, you can live with them over time. Do you have any optimism, optimism that the Palestinian people will adapt a good government? If you look uh, three months, answer is no. If you look three years, answer is probably, hopefully. If you look 30 years, the answer is yes, I'm very optimistic. The Palestinians are very capable people, very talented, and uh, they were exposed to democratic life in Israel. Will that moderate and, their politics? Uh, I don't mean, during the struggle to reach nationhood and, and political independence, nothing will, the extremists always have a strong, a strong voice, but a long time, I'm a strong believer that ultimately, it might take many years, but ultimately we'll find them a democratic, uh, peace-loving neighbors. Chris, but the question suggests the problem. Good government by whose standards? American standards? Democracy means self-determination. The word democracy is a combination of two Greek words, demos, the people, kratzi, the ruler reign. Self-determination is the essence of democracy, and it is up to them to decide their government. Well, let me put a value there, then. I'll try a value. Let me try this. A government that consistently blames all its problems on outsiders, that keeps the people perpetually stirred up in anger against other people, avoiding responsibility for its own failures, that is not a good government. Yeah. There, are many That's governments, a there are many governments in the world that meet that description. It's not yeah. just the Palestinians. Yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> let, let me just add one, one uh, remark to it. Any principle, including self-determination, can be carried ad absurdum and backfire at us. Uh, I heard, I heard even Senator Mitchell in one uh, weekend uh, program several months ago saying, uh, oh, but Arafat is an elected leader. And I noted to a friend, uh, Milosevic was an elected leader, Saddam Hussein was an elected leader, maybe Kim Jong-il is elected Adolf leader. Hitler. Se, se, uh, yeah, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler, uh, yeah, was elected uh, democratically. The real point is that certain atrocities and certain operations that are carried out even by elected leaders, make them illegitimate. And the world in the new arena where globalization empowered individuals, terrorist groups, and rogue states uh, to an extent that they can uh, spread the killing of millions in other parts of the world just by their uh, sheer uh, decision, this is a time when you cannot allow even these um, uh, principles to be carried ad absurdum and 
uh, reign well, over the world. Let me just say one. Well, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. But I think you cannot deny to people the right to self-determination because you anticipate that they may be incapable of conducting it effectively 